It's the throne. We're back. Episode 98 or 99. We're up there, man. We're almost at 100. Uh, and we're doing a little something different. Uh, it's going to be my first remote interview. So forgive me if there's any kinks. Um, we're going to do the first time with video and audio. And tonight I have uh, Peter Baldwin joining me. Peter, what's going on, brother? What up? What up? How you feeling, JC? I'm good, man. I'm chilling, bro. Um, for those that don't know, Peter, uh, he's based out of Brooklyn now, right? Yeah, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Oh, shit. bed study from Bed-Stuy? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of lit. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just to give a quick background, man, like uh, I'm, I met Peter 10 years ago at a, at a show. He was opening up for Aloe Black, you know, if you know that, uh, that Avicii song, I think it is, and you know who Aloe Black is, you know? Yeah. Uh, and um, like I, I was telling you earlier, you were one of the first locals that I kind of met up close and personal, got to go to a show and everything. And it really kind of kicked that gear into overdrive. I was 14 at the time. I'm 23 now. Okay. Um, so it really inspired me, man. It was really cool. And, and you, you moved your whole operation over to New York, man. How's that been for you? Well, uh, I think at the time, just going back, the, at the time, the Aloe Black that was the Allo Black song that was uh, that was known was the uh, I need a dollar. I need a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it was on the How to Make It in America soundtrack. Oh. And, okay. Or like it was the intro for that show. You know the one with Kid Cudi on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think so. So that was like kind of his come up right after that show was, or right after the show we played at Back Booth. He kind of got single. On. That single was that was the first song I heard from him. But that yeah. whole that whole album, Good Times, I think is called. Yeah. Good things, good things. Yeah, he he didn't even really, uh, he didn't really talk. He was just about about the business at that back booth show, which kind of like uh, rubbed me the wrong way at the time. But I get it. He was just like he was just handling what he had to do. He wasn't Word? like, yeah, he's a businessman, so I respect it. Can can but, I, uh, can we like? pick your brain about that a bit like what rubbed you the wrong way like was there a specific moment i mean i'm sure you're over that shit now but was there a specific oh, yeah. moment yeah it's just like uh i mean the show was super small for for anyone that's ever been to back booth the venue is really tiny anyway mm -hmm. um you know like if, if 50 people come to your show at back booth it felt like it's you know packed, it felt yeah it feels <laughs> packed yeah but we didn't even have that he was the headliner but no one had really heard of him at that point so the show was pretty empty and uh i didn't really get to chop it up with him beforehand i met all the musicians in that band yeah and then right after the show it was just kind of like a like a real quick brush like good show like nice to meet you but there wasn't really any hmm. genuine connection there yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, he he didn't have a, a a tour manager though you know so he was just like chasing his own money after the show and stuff like that that's so i mean was, yeah you gotta do that yeah, so it it's it's really just at the time I was like, oh man, that that's weird. Like I would have taken more time, but you know, in hindsight, you like you don't have a tour manager. You gotta get to that next city. Like I'm a local act. You know, I hang out at this venue all the time anyway. So it's like all I'm doing is driving 20 minutes home. You know, <laughs> it's just different. 
I wish we could have. I wish we could have chopped it up because we were um, me, my my manager uh, James Truitt at the time. We just call him True. Um, we had kind of started developing a relationship with Stone's Throw Records yeah, yeah, that yeah. had uh, Aloe Black, Mayor Hawthorne, uh, who else? Dame Funk. Mm-hmm. So in this, I don't remember exactly when these shows happened, but in that whole era, I, you know, played with like three or four different artists off of that label. So it's kind of like looking forward to, to chopping it up, but it's no love lost. So just like, you know, yeah, it is what it is, man. I hear you. Yeah. In hindsight, you know, is, is 2020. And when you get yeah. yourself more involved in the business, I mean, moving all the way uh, up the East Coast. And, and I mean, at that point, you're working to live. So you can't yeah. not be about the money and not be about the business. Yeah, exactly. Which, which brings me back to your question. How, how's it been going? That, when I made that move, man, I was maybe a bit younger than you are now. It was, I want to say maybe I was 20, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't really know how to take it seriously. We didn't move the whole operation because the, the album that we had just recorded with all the guys, you talked about Rex, um, Rex, Geo, Willie, mm-hmm. Abel, um, my homie, John Paul, uh, this other kid, Michael Schmidt, who still lives in central Florida. I think he, he was a percussionist on the record. None of them moved with me. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, it was just me and True. So I got to New York and I was a little bit weird about trying to recreate the uh, the music, um, you know, like trying to rehearse with like different bands. And like teach them the material. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's a bit, it's weird because the way that I make music is not like really, uh, it's it's not traditional. It's not like I'm writing out charts for guys that I don't know who come in and and like just play the part. You know, it's like yeah, it, they're the whole vibe. And well, you saw it. There was like a whole. We were Definitely. like a band. It had my name on it, but we were a band. So right, it's right, hard right. to 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 capture that sound all over again. I ended up. Um, I played a few shows. Uh, like I did a, a show with Chrisette Michelle. Um, did a show with uh, Consequence. Oh, wow. Some, uh, some other, I ended up like doing some session writing. Um, really? At this, yeah, at this studio in Soho. So I, I did a couple sessions with Consequence. I did a session with, uh, a session or two, I forget, with like Mario Winans and stuff like that. So I started like kind of getting more into that world. And uh, I don't know, I guess at, at a certain point, I just like got a bit like, kind of cut it all off and took a break for about three years before I started playing music again. For real? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the only reason, yeah, the only reason I did uh, start again, I was just being a knucklehead really. Like that's all it is. The only reason I started again is uh, I had a birthday coming. I probably my 27th or something like that. And there's this bar down the street from a, a job I had in Dumbo uh, and I just asked, Hey, can I just have, you know, the, the room on Sunday? I just going to like play a couple songs and hang out with my friends. And it went well enough, um, for them that they were like, just do uh, one Sunday a month. So then I started doing that gig and I ran it faithfully for, I think four years. And it oh. kind of like got me back 
into like the mode of like performing and yada 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 uh, yeah yeah and you so, became like kind of like the hub for for a bit for like the central little local community maybe like was it just acoustic sets or did you have whole bands up there no nah, just acoustic sets so the space was pretty small so it was just me sitting on a stool like you know like og style it was like when i first started playing like music, open mic was, night yeah totally so it felt like an open mic night i had a couple people get on with me um kaylee baker when she was staying up north she actually did a show with me at this little spot um kaylee baker out of orlando mm. other than that uh yeah no i just ran it by myself like every week just like doing some covers doing some originals it just let me do whatever i wanted to so i would just i scat for 15 minutes you know <laughs> like, like hey, yo for real and I, yeah i'm not yeah i'm not taking any requests for some reason they oh, dug it man that's so it. I, don't you hate when people give you requests like like I, I don't, i'm not a karaoke machine man i feel you on that i've never <laughs> heard that analogy but there was it's like the rudest shit you could do yeah in my opinion because i've been on both ends of it as a as a younger dude um maybe 14 or 15 i, I like uh there was a band that was really f- like funk kind of style right and yeah at one point my dumb ass yelled out oh red hot chili peppers bro whatever and like my cousin was like bro don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that, <laughs> yeah I, I learned right there you know like that's that's kind of not what you do and then it happened to me i was on stage and it was like a um I don't know, some fucking, it was a tribute for uh, Dimebag Daryl, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, they, it, it was like his birthday or, or the, the day of, uh, the, of uh, the day he died was coming up, something like that. So they made the gig like a little tribute for him. So we did a Pantera song, but there was some lady asking us to play some fucking, I don't know what, bro, but like she was wasted. And it's like, we, my singer actually yeah. kneeled down to like listen to what she had to say. I was like, bro, don't uh, listen to this lady. Come on, man. Let's go on with the set. That's Florida, man. <laughs> that's also, <laughs> that's, I mean, people are like, people are crazy everywhere, but Florida is a different level. <laughs> people, people used to walk up on me, like onto the microphone and like ask me for something. Florida's wild. <laughs> did you ever, did you stick to, to Orlando or did you ever come down to Miami? Cause in Miami, it gets rowdy, man. Yeah. I played a couple shows in Miami. I don't know where I was, man. You ever play I, Churchill's? I don't think so. <laughs> that place. I don't. I don't know where I was. I don't know where, where I was. It was like some nicer clubs, though. I think. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a the, lot of the that Heine- sprinkled. Yeah, Heineken's were like twelve dollars. Oh fuck that! It was they didn't even give like you that. a discount for playing there. Bro, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, remember. they said fuck you, bro. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I don't remember drink tickets in Miami though. Miami be like I that though. I, I don't ever get drink tickets when I play Miami. I, th- I usually get drink tickets when I play, like, out of town, like Orlando, mm-hmm. Tampa. Um, yeah. Newport, I did a lot Richie. of Tampa. Tampa's fun, man. It's a nice city. It's, it's a different change of pace. Um, yeah. Newport Richie has a decent metal scene right now, too, you know. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about metal, so. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's it's a, it's, um, it's its own world. I respect it. I love it. I just don't know anything, you know. Oh, over the years, man, surprisingly, like, um, I've just gotten more into chiller and, and uh, um, just expanded my taste over genres. Like, around that time, uh, when, when you did the Aloe Black show at the back booth, um, I was listening to a lot of heavy metal, you know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. that kind of expanded me a little bit more into the soul, like, kind of, I guess, R&B type, type 
music. But then as I got older, I got more into like the Strokes, um, Arctic yeah. Monkeys. Yeah, I'm looking at your posters up there. You got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, got, I got some Tyler right there. Yeah, Tyler. I see him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's that album, man. I mean, I could go on for hours about Igor. Like, um, yeah, I recently did a, a Mac DeMarco cover. I'm a really big mm-hmm. Mac DeMarco fan. Got him in the back. And okay. actually, um, wasn't wasn't Anderson Pack uh, on Stone's Throw for a little bit with no? I think so. Or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Another dude that I'm I'm really fucking with right now. Like he, um, the the way he plays and sings his melodies, man, like so on point. He has a little pocket drumming, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he also throws in these fills with rudiments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like real soulful fills that um, he just plays tight without missing a beat. And it's gotten me into um, kind of into experimenting. Like in my band, um, I do a lot of vocal harmonies uh, as well as play the drums. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I really, I've, I've always liked singing. One of the first things I did was um, sing at a talent show in the fifth grade. I sang some Linkin Park song. Nice. So, <laughs> originally, I was more yeah. of a singer than I was before I got into into percussion and into drums and stuff. Yeah, I was vice versa. You started as a percussionist and then went to. Yeah, I started playing drums in church and then started singing. Interesting. You have a yeah. really good voice, man. When did you figure out that, like, okay, I actually sound half fucking decent? Uh, my friend, a childhood friend of mine, Cody, was just like. And I went to uh, Church of God in Christ Church, so like in Pentecostal Church, it's kind of like, if you're not familiar, it's like what the movies try to parody when it's like uh, black churches that are really spirited and musical. <laughs> so just you know? over the top? Yeah, like the, and very, music is like a really big part, like gospel music, a huge, huge part of the culture. And uh, so okay. my friend, so my childhood friend Cody always kind of just pushed me to to do it, you know. They'd be like, make me go up and sing with him when I didn't want to, stuff like that. So yeah, so, he, he. How old were you it. then? I'm sorry. I mean, the, I, we grew up together, so I mean, I, 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 he was part of my life from maybe me being eight years old to eighteen years old, you know. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so we we had like know. a, yeah, we had like a a three piece like harmony gospel boy band. <laughs> no, uh, no I, disrespect. Yeah, I think we That's called just... it. Yeah. No, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Three T. Three three testimonies or testimony. Okay. Okay. I mean, you got to be creative one song. with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys only had one song. It broke out there for a sec. Yeah, it, it was our thing, that one song, and then we did, like, some covers and stuff like that. And yeah, it was, it was fun. So did you have dance moves, too? Or were you just, <laughs> <laughs> were you just I, doing the singing? I still don't have dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dancing is one of those things. As a drummer, you think I'd have rhythm, right? But uh, yeah, dancing no. <laughs> is a whole other, other, whole other beast. No, it's, yeah, it's its own thing. That's, I, I, love, I love dancers, you know. It's a whole other class. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and doing this podcast, like it's it's given me a, a whole nother level of appreciation for other arts other than mm-hmm. musicians. Because you know, going out to shows. Um, as far as over here, with specifically, I guess with metal being kind of like a niche thing nowadays, like it's not as big as it was back in maybe eighties mm-hmm. and nineties and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's more I, of a I, no. Go ahead, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just, I was going to say, I wish it was, I wish it was a big thing. Yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, trends yeah. come and go. Um, but regardless, like because of, of that fact, it's such a tight knit like community. Um, mm-hmm. You see a lot of the same faces at shows. Mm-hmm. So getting to see some, some, some different shit is always like, um, I guess pleasantly surprising. You know what I mean? That's why I try and go to different shows, open mics and stuff like that. Or, uh, there's like a, a dude who does, um, like chill hop or lo-fi type stuff. And he okay. does the same thing, like an open mic where he lets people come and bring their setup and fucking make beats live, whatever. And, and just chill at this place called Las Rosas down in Miami. Okay. And it's kind of like a blossoming spot, but, um, actually over here, just completely off topic. We're actually like with the Rona shit. And even before Rona, Really, um, we were dealing with a lot of local spots closing down and shit. Um, is the local scene like thriving over there in New York and Brooklyn and shit? Like, there's so many spots. I gotta imagine it. it's it's pretty good. Um, it yes and no. Um, there's like your your babies all rights and your elsewheres and stuff like that that um are kind of like destination places for people. Babies to play. all right. Oh man, just a quick yeah. sidebar. I was in New York for New Year's and. Um, yeah. I was watching the strokes of Mac DeMarco at, at Barclays mm-hmm. and I was on Reddit a couple hours after the show, after I made it home uh, to Washington Heights, I, I, you know, just made it back up all the way up to uptown Manhattan. Who are you staying with in Washington Heights, bro? My cousin, man, my cousin, same dude who went with me to, to back booth. He moved to New York, pulled the same move as you to, to pursue music at 17. And he went to I, uh, Manus. To, to, I used to stay, I used to stay at 158 Broadway. I can't tell you where he stays, just, okay. you know, but, but he does stay in Washington Heights. So I made it all the way back up there, bro. It's like two in the morning, New Year's night. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's technically New Year's Day. And I look on Reddit, Post Malone, Julian Casablancas, and like the whole strokes, they were all chilling at Babies All Right in Brooklyn after. Mm-hmm. And I had no fucking idea that that was the spot, bro. If I had known, like I had stuck around for a bit, like, oh, maybe I'll run it. But like, if I had known that was the spot, bro, I could have met them there. And like the strokes, yeah, there's always somebody favorite there. band, bro. I've yeah. never heard of that spot. I wish I knew, Peter. I yeah. I knew. You, don't, you don't understand, bro. I laid down in bed. I was like, man, what a great night. And then I see a bunch of fans posting selfies. With That's the strokes cool, and shit. Don't worry about like, it. Anyway, <laughs> so that's one of the local popping spots right now? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a staple. Like, it's been around for I don't know how long now. But then they, uh, my, my band Bed Study had a um, – who who I would love to talk about at some point. Oh, my yeah, band we'll Bed, yeah, my my band Bed, Bed Study had a, a show at Back Booth recently, just to answer your question. And um they had opened another venue in Manhattan. The name escapes me right now. And that venue was closing like literally within months of opening. And uh and so what they did is they moved all of their sold out shows from that venue over to back booth and just like pushed us out the way the whole thing was like really a bad communication experience experience for me like I, I love babies all right but to answer your question like there are those places that are doing well and then there are places that are just kind of they come and they go you know but it's really the the spirit of of new york city that's kind of everlasting you know like i, I i'm pretty confident that even though a lot of local businesses, whether they be restaurants, which I also work in, or entertainment venues, like I know a lot of them are gonna come back, but the spirit of like entertaining and 
being creative is not going to go away. We're always going to find a way, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, so let's get into that, uh, your project now. How did Bet Study come to be? Were these guys that you knew before you made the move over there or um, yeah. did you kind of just meet them? No, we, we've been in, in each other's circle in Orlando for a long time. What, let's see, that vaudeville album was like, what, 2010, I think? 11? Something, okay, so 2011. Um, Dave, who is the other bald gentleman, and he just had a baby. Congratulations, Dave. Congrats, Dave. Come on. Um, yeah, the, her name is, uh, oh, man, I forgot the baby's name. Cecilia. She's cute. Shouts out to Cecilia. Yeah, Cecilia. Congrats, Dave and Lara. And uh, anyway, so Dave was the uh, head engineer, like kind of a studio manager at um, the the studio, North Avenue Studios, where Vaudeville was recorded. And he was also in a few different projects uh, that came out of the Orlando scene. Ranson, the drummer in that band, drummer and collaborator and a really good friend of mine, was in one of my favorite local bands from Orlando from back in the day called Mirror Pal. Mm -hmm. um, they were sick. They were like uh, radio head from Florida <laughs> vibes. It okay, was cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, so he was in that band and like we'd kinda like, you know, been playing the same shows. At at one point, uh we had the same manager very briefly and we we were roommates at one point and everything. So we've always been friends and then um I went to a a show in New York years and years later. Um at this venue called Berlin, which I hope comes back because it's so tight. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I see Dave in the audience because our, our a mutual friend, Jerry, was playing bass for, for someone at this show. And so we both had the same show. We catch up. I'm like, how you been, man? Yada, yada. Where are you living? He's like, oh, I'm in bed -Stuy. I'm like, no way, dude. Like, I live, we live right next to each other. He's like, That's yo, wild. this is, yeah, this is like at the end of, Man, I'm getting the years mixed up. This must have been the end of 2016 going into 2017, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so right off the bat, like, to start out the year, I would just walk, like, 10 minutes to his crib. And we just started, like, making music, you know, in, in his, his bedroom or whatever. And then uh, not much later, Ranson was up visiting from, uh, from Orlando, visiting New York. And I caught up with him, like, one night and just made it a point to pretty much bully him into moving. <laughs> wow, <laughs> just like, dude. You must be a I good just, fucking salesman then. <laughs> I just bull we just bullied him. I just made everyone I, I must have called him like almost every day. Every time I saw him, I just I went really, really hard to <laughs> to make him move up to New York. <laughs> I hope I hope he doesn't regret it. <laughs> Is it I mean I obviously you you can't really give 100% the perspective but was it hard to just drop everything and and move or was it a process like did he kind of take his time with it man he had he wanted to come you know I just who had doesn't want to live in New York I mean honestly. yeah I just had to push him over the edge that's all he wanted to be here just give me a gentle nudge 
he wanted to be here, but Ransom's more responsible than me where, where like, I'll be like, uh, or at the time, I'm like, all right, I want to be in New York. Like, that's it. I'm going. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm getting on a train. I'm getting on a bus. I'll be there. Ransom's more responsible than me. He's going to try and figure out, like, the money aspect. The He's talking about, like, how long it's going to take to pay off his college loans. I'm like, dude. You can live in Timbuktu. You're still going to have college loans, bro. Just get up here. <laughs> Just make yeah, it no, happen. Yeah, no, it's facts. It's facts. Just, let's go. You so know? your sound, um, let's get into that. I, I noticed, first of all, everyone in the band does multiple things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you kind of have a mix of, like, uh, MIDI, MIDI instruments and, and live instruments and mm-hmm. a little bit of synth elements in there. What are yeah. some of your biggest... Um, I, I so cheesy but some of your biggest inspirations like to get that sound who are some of the people you listen to uh it's hard for me to answer that question because we're three-headed monsters so it's like mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like, just a collaborative effort yeah it's just like a huge collaborative effort you know like i i could never know everything that i could open my phone and and try to find you know i think we made a bed study influences playlist one time because like, i can't i can't really speak for dave you know um yeah, of course, here, of course. We got uh, Rodalius, Terry Riley, Rosenau and Sanborn. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Well, I guess I can ask yeah. you this personally. Uh, Karangbin? If that's how you say it, Karangbin has been a that's really that, big... That's that, uh, that's that band with that chick and the, and the, the, the black dude and the white dude with the long hair. They're just like an instrumental. I don't know what they look like, yeah. honestly. Oh, I saw some... There's some video about a Friday... Some song called mm-hmm. something Friday, some shit. Yeah, I don't know, dope. but they're fire. They're fire. Yeah, yeah it's real fire. Yeah. Um, but no, I guess I can ask you this. Uh, when it comes to the sound from from Bed Study, I mean, it is. You can say that it is different from your Peter Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess what is for you personally? Did did you wanna? Did you make a point to get away from that sound and do something different, or is it something that just kind of fell naturally? The whole the whole process of like making music with those guys is it's been pretty natural. Like sometimes I actually do just reach into like my songbook, and then we'll just like reproduce a song like together and, and do that. Or other times, uh, for example, the song anyone is a probably a song I wrote like in 2013, never released, whatever. Mm-hmm. I show Dave the demo, we reproduce it like, and it's one of my favorite tunes. And then other songs like, um, nil and arms away arms away especially that was just like coming together and like having a, a like our own vibe and everything so i don't know if i necessarily put in the the effort to to make sure there's a distinction um because you know we we keep a pretty open mind about where ideas are coming from and and all, and all that and like no one's really i i could Dave will put out his own music. I can put out my own music. We're not really like that caught up with trying to make sure that, you know, the sound of bed study is separate from everything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, A lot of the times when I ask bands questions like, okay, what kind of genre are you? I usually get the same answer. Like, ah, you know, we don't really want to label ourselves Uh or put ourselves in a box. Yeah. Yeah. We we like vapor soul for ours. We like vapor that term. soul. Why that? Yeah. How'd you come up with that? 
uh, it's a, a weird Spotify playlist we ended up on and we're like, yeah, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's, it's a, a vibe. vibe. <laughs> I like That's that. That's funny, man. So yeah. let me, um, more general music related. Um, you, you've talked about, I noticed a lot, you mentioned having managers. Um, so I guess it sounds like in your career, you've had multiple managers thus far. No, just, just one. It, just it was, one? uh, yeah, just, uh, James Truitt. I just call him true. That's, that's my big brother. So I guess my question to you is, um, do you feel like to make it in this business nowadays, that's something that's necessary or, uh, if you're poignant and, and make, you know, booking your own stuff and, and being about the business, maybe like an aloe black, you could do it that way nowadays, or is it a hundred percent necessary? I mean, I think everyone just works differently. Like I, I don't have a manager now, but I mm-hmm. definitely, for my personality, personality, probably wouldn't get a lot done like by myself. I procrastinate. So everyone works differently. Like I know that I'm going to like, I'm going to give you my all. Like when it comes to like writing a song, like I have my own process, but I'm not like a, I don't have a nine to five like mentality. I have a good work ethic, but I'm not really like, uh, I'm not a manager. So right. Right in the structure that I'm in right now, it's helpful that there are three of us, you know, because we can get things done when we need to, like as a, as a three headed monster, like, Hey, Peter, can you answer that email? Or like, you know, Dave, are you on that ransom? Yada, yada. We can attack things that way. If you're aloe black, you know, and you're just like a machine and you, you like to move that way, like James Brown or whatever, then like that's what it is and then there's other people that have had great success you know having a manager like jay-z so i think it just depends on like I'm, i don't want to call it like work ethic or say the way anyone works is is bad but it just depends on like you know what you're trying to get done and you know how you want to move but having a good team around you i think at, at some point everyone needs a good team yeah yeah for sure you need, yeah you need people in your corner you know you need people to, to handle the things that you might not be able to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, it's just, um, I guess I can only speak for, for myself and, and some, some of aspects of, I guess my genre is like a lot of the shows that we play are, are not paid. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and I'll be the first to admit it. So, um, just being paying a manager to, I mean, unless it's something that can drastically improve, you know, turnout and like mm-hmm. you know what i mean or maybe like i've heard of people doing pay-ons and just paying to get on a tour with a headlining national act and stuff mm-hmm. and, and still go nowhere so it's like nowadays it's so different from even 20 years ago let's say uh, 2000 or in the 1990s when records sold you know what i'm saying whatever you put on the shelf would sell pretty much uh now people are signing 360 deals and doing this that and the third like in this space that we're in right now what do you feel like are some like how what's the way to be successful nowadays i mean what's your plan do you guys have a plan are you guys just going with the flow is it like are albums viable now is another thing like i hear people mm-hmm. say just drop singles why are you going to drop 10 songs that maybe only people listen to two yeah I, I my personal answer to that question like the mm-hmm. last question is i know i threw to, a lot at you i'm sorry no it's, no it's fine but my my answer is like I think Questlove said in some 
some documentary I had to watch at Full Sail or whatever. It was like, you know, <laughs> there, there's art and then there's commerce. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reason that you make music shouldn't have anything to do with business, period. Like, it's just not what it is. Like, you, some people are going to be successful that way. Like, you're going to, like, drop, you know, like, hey, let's make a hit single, yada, yada. And I get it. But I don't think that's the music that lasts. That's not the music that I want to make. I make music because, like, that's how I express myself. I have to do it. I'm, I'm like a bird. You know, like, why do birds sing? Because they sing, period. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, as far as, like, the, the right kind of deal to get in, I mean, it, I guess it depends on like what you're going for. Like I like the deal that bed study has right now because it's all about, it's pretty much about accountability um, where our deal is a, is a even split on the revenue off of uh, streaming. But like we keep all our masters, like we can do what we want. We can release whatever music we want at any time. Um, and it's That's like, good. it was a good deal. Yeah. It was a good deal to start with, you know, but it's, That's I, another I thing too. Is um back in the day, I mean, from my understanding, obviously I'm only 23. Um, from my understanding, record deals were there because studio time costs money, distribu distribution costs money. Um, you know, just making physicals costs money, so they're there to front you the money, so that <clears throat> when you do go platinum or diamond or whatever, yeah. you can pay them back. Nowadays, yeah. people are mixing, mastering, and recording entire albums in their bedroom. That sound pretty good. You know yeah. what I mean? Through Ableton and, and MIDI's and plugins and this and that, that sound pretty damn fire. And uh, there is, is no need for like physical distributions because you got YouTube, you got SoundCloud, you got. Um, yeah, Soulja Boy broke the model. When, when Soulja Boy dropped, it, it was like that, that song wasn't even produced well. It didn't even sound good. And it just proved like the kids, did, the kids don't care. The kids don't care, like you know what I'm saying. Make <laughs> make music that you like, like it's like Kanye said. It's about ideas. It's like the kids hear the ideas and they and they dig it. Then like that's what it is. Just gonna, man, that song was such a fucking oh man, it was a force yeah. <laughs> that cranked that right. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it man. You, you ever notice at the end of the song the the loop is backwards? Like oh. he got off. Yeah. There's it's no that bad. I'm not. I'm not calling it bad. I'm just no, saying. No, no, like, but I'm I saying like production-wise. I mean, there's certain qualities. Yeah, like, come on, like, man. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. I, I would have noticed that detail before I dropped it, and it would have right. bothered me. Right, right. But it didn't matter. And I'm not saying that like not being detailed or or you know like not making music to the best of your ability doesn't matter. It does matter. Like you should. You know what I'm saying? Sure, if people sure. do notice, but. If, if what you want is success, then like, if what you want is success, then hire a team of writers, uh, hire a manager, like do your payola bidding, get like pop off on Instagram, like everyone, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like do all those things, like be that right. person if you want to be, if you want to be that person and more power to you, like in all love. But if you want to make good music, then like, then all it is is like, you know, like so have, do some, you, have some respect, right? Good music. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a basic common respect for the craft yeah. that people who are, are musicians believe in, you know what I mean? And it's a little weird now 
that you have a culture of people who aren't musicians that are making money making music. Yeah. Um, and I guess me personally, just being honest, sometimes that shit is like disheartening to me, you know, I feel because, that, yeah. um, you know, not to hate or nothing, even though I've, I've on many times I, I've acknowledged that I am a hater. Yo, me too. Uh, <laughs> not even, not even, I, can't, I can't lie. <laughs> Yo, so I, I've acknowledged it many times that I'm a hater, but just not trying to sound like a hater in this regard. It's like, man, I, you know, I bust my ass, like, you know, sitting in the studio on the kit, fucking take 15, make sure mm-hmm. that clicker's right, you know, and um, releasing an album or EP and, and not getting traction or shows, you know, venues closing down just you know should not go in the way you think it's gonna go and then mm-hmm. you have um six nine drop gooba and like yeah. uh you know it just blows up and he's making bank and it's like you got nothing to do but just sit there and be like how but oh how but how you know yeah and it's like you don't want to <laughs> be that guy you don't want to to make a, a fool of yourself to, to make money but at the same time it's like you pour your heart and soul into something and it gets six listens or whatever the fuck you know what i mean yeah yeah no, and I'm not saying that's accurate. You know, we get a little more than six. You know, we get eight. Well, well, that brings me back to, like, you know, how you started the show. Because then, you know, 10 years later, someone's going to hit you up and say, like, hey, man, that had a really good effect on me. And, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what do you value, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I guess I've, I feel like I just kind of had to start right now, as, as you said that, live, live on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of – I. I've, I do view my podcast that way. Like I don't have thousands of listeners a month. I don't have uh, ad, ad partners or people paying me to do advertisements, but I'm still here trying well, with the Rona. It's different, but before the Rona, I was consistently here every, every yeah. Monday with someone new sitting down, like interviewing, like putting myself out there, getting to know people I wouldn't previously have gotten to know because me personally, I'm just an introverted person. I deal with my shit. Yeah. go home. I don't, mingle too much at shows unless i know the people you know so getting myself out there and i do it for however many listens i don't care you know what i mean and to to give my friends in my community people that whose music i care about and whose art period i care about to give them a platform to express themselves and that matters man you know yeah that matters yeah you know? and i guess i my, my point is um I, I should view my band that way mm-hmm. i i should um Put, put on those goggles where it's like regardless if people fuck with this music or not i should do it because that's what i want to do and sometimes mm-hmm. i i find myself distracted from that vision and thinking about you know being a rock star or totally the, Me the too, next bro. big signal sing signal single you know what i mean yeah. stuff like that or just what it would be like to be recognized by somebody man like you you, you hear stories like tyler the creator who started with bastard 17 mm-hmm. years old making all his own beats and stuff and they sounded like nothing like igor or flower boy do now yeah it was his starting point and then he evolved and evolved and evolved but he had so much success from that first ep yeah it's it's kind of hard to comprehend and it like i said i, I let myself get down and I, I get in my own head about it does this ever happen to you i know you said you kind of agree on some things yeah i think yeah it, sometimes it feels like you know for for me, uh, that manifests in me like starting starting to like mentally plan to do other things and make other things you know like work like I lately you know like especially living in New York I always feel like 
right, B, I got to have a plan. Like, what, what is it? What it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for <laughs> like, sure. what's going to happen? You know, at some point I was talking about like, you know, having a little secret hole in the wall in my apartment where I just got all the cash. <laughs> I got the cash and I, you know what I'm saying? I got my rainy day stash and like, and my, my, uh, my 22 and all that, but that's not me. You know? And it's like, maybe I, sometimes I think about like, you know, 15, 20 different like restaurant ideas or like show ideas. <laughs> like, you know, what if I did this? What if I did this? Birdman hand rub, just scheming. <laughs> just scheming. <laughs> it's all just like trying to, trying to hustle real hard all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say everything is meaningless and, and all that kind of like mumbo jumbo. But it's just like, there's really, you know, there's, I don't really want to carry like any guilt on me or any like, uh, woe is me or, or any of those vibes. You know what I mean? I just going to make the next track when it comes, it comes, you know, like, yeah, when you I know, that's, that's big yeah. facts, bro. Big facts. Yeah. When I feel inspired, I'm going to, I'm going to make the next thing. And then that'll be that. Like, I don't care if I'm 45, 55, 65 years old. Like I'm probably going <laughs> to, I'm probably going to drop something. It's been a minute, but I'm probably still going to be dropping. <laughs> hey man, 2062. Make sure y'all check out that new Peter Baldwin tape. Yeah. It'll be it's, on it's, com. It's going to happen. At that point, I'll just astral project my musical ideas straight from my head. <laughs> that, that's internet. a thing. That's going to be a thing. That's definitely going to be a thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess um, it, it does. Like I said, I have those moments, but I do try and, and center back and, and get back to the goal of just enjoying what I do. And the reason I, uh, I'm, I'm even doing this in the first place is um to just kind of be able to say that I, I gave it a shot you know even if at the end totally. of the day i'm not um it's not my career or you know i'm not an established artist or whatever the fuck that's called yeah. you know or, or what what you consider that i feel like uh i'm not i'm not gonna have any regrets because i, I went out and did it and i feel like if i went to college just because my parents wanted me to do it or because i wanted to say i did it mm-hmm. that that wouldn't be I would be selling myself short because I wouldn't have given what I've given to my music and I would have never started this podcast. I don't think. Yeah. And yeah, I just feel like I value those things more than I value anything I could have gotten out of doing that because I know that what I wanted to do was either play music or um, I, I, this is actually not even my first podcast. So I could say that podcasting and, and, and doing interviews has been a passion of mine for a while. Originally. You're nice with it too. I, I, I do my best. You're nice but, with uh, it. Yeah. I appreciate it. But um, my original podcast was about Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> so we're just going to leave that over there. And um, I, I feel like I'm better suited doing this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Regardless if I'm not the most famous podcast, if I'm not the next Joe Rogan or Adam, Adam whatever, no jumper, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Adam 22, that's his fucking name. If I'm not the next that guy, it's whatever. As long as like like maybe 10 years from now, someone hits me up and is like, yo, man, you did that interview like, like you said, and, and it really meant a lot or whatever. Yeah. That, that's really what matters to me. And um, leaving all this stuff here, it'll always be here. If you put something on the internet, it's there forever. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Good and bad, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. But um, but, with be- no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying like, you know, that being said, like everything that we just said, yeah. it also is like, you know, an encouragement to like work harder than you did the day before. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. 
it's like, yeah, because a lot of people that find success, like, uh, in like releasing their music to the masses, like you, you can't knock the fact that, you know, they also work really, really hard. Yeah. So I'm not saying I don't know who does and who doesn't, you know, I don't know anyone personally, but I know that a lot of, a lot of work is involved when I was recording with consequence, like that guy is just a machine. He's just, he's constant, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and so there is that encouragement, you know, to like reflect and like being like, ah, you know, like whatever, uh, whatever, you know, I, hasn't happened for me, you know, I, it's, it's probably all on me too. And like, I can, I can like work a little bit harder and I'm every day I wake up, I'm just like, it's another opportunity to just do it better than you did yesterday. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. Um, yeah. I, I could definitely, definitely work a little harder too. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that you got to do um, just in life, man. Hold yourself accountable for shit. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? Yeah, it's um, true. A lot of the times I'll, I'll cut myself some slack like, ah, I can eat that ice cream or ah, <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, or I'll lay down that track tomorrow, whatever it be. But like when you actually hold yourself accountable, man, like it feels good when you get that shit done and it wasn't as hard as you made it out to be in your head you know mm -hmm. or like i feel that way about gigs too like if i find myself getting really really nervous before a show like one of the biggest venues i got to play down here um if you're from here you you know about it revolution live for lauderdale mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i got to play there last april that's sick that's sick it, it was for like a showcase thing mm -hmm. and um i used that to network i met a couple people that ended up being podcast guests later um but playing that just being on that stage you know and, and being backstage and seeing all the posters and shit like shows that i went to in high school and like yeah being on that that's stage, cool that's cool it's wild man um and i've actually i've tried to get booked at back booth you know i've tried to 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 move around and um when i was uh up in new york recently I, i've i've been scoping out spots you know uh to try and bring my band up there i saw um little field I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay. And then right across from Littlefield is um Lucky Thirteen. Mm -hmm. Uh, super sick bar. I love that place. I have one of their shirts. Um, and I would love to fucking play there, man. It's a sick metal spot, dude. Like, the, they have the stage in the back where it really opens up once you get in. Yeah. There. Same with Littlefield, man. Littlefield is like packed as fuck, and then you get back to the stage area, and you're like, "Where the fuck? Where is this hiding?" <laughs> it's, it's crazy like, how many venues Brooklyn really has. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If you thought of Brooklyn as its own city, which you kind of could just based on the population. Almost each borough, I, really. Yeah. But I, I feel like Brooklyn probably, it might have like the most venues as a city anywhere in the United States. It's pretty intense. I think um, there's like this renaissance right now that's going on in Brooklyn as mm -hmm. far as like with music. Huge video. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where the fuck it came from, but those hipsters, man, they love it. And they, they, they jack the prices up of that fucking area. Like a motherfucker. Try I bet you talk about bed -Stuy. You talk about, you live in bed -Stuy. If you told me you live in bed 30 years ago, I'd have been like, bed uh, That's 30 years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If and things now, don't change in 30 years, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But then you have the other side of the argument where it's like, man, you priced out all the people that used to live there. For sure. Gentrification and whatnot. But that's a that's a yeah. topic for another day, you know. Yeah, 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 it is. It's just <laughs> Do you like living in Brooklyn? Yeah, I love it. it. It when you first got there though, compared to Florida, I mean the, the change of pace for you must have been crazy, right? 
Yeah, it was intense, man. I, I thought I was going to get run over in Grand Central Station. <laughs> Just walking around? I'm, I'm not from Florida. I'm from Anchorage, Alaska. I was born and raised there till I was 18. For real? So Florida was already a lot of people for me. Wow. It's like, they're like, I think a little over a million people in Orlando compared to the 300,000 in Anchorage, which is probably the whole state is like what less than a half million people. That's wild. So, yeah. So then finally getting to New York was like intense. <laughs> I know, the first thing I noticed was like every single door is a different place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. you're just driving door, 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 door. It's like, it's all different spots. Houses. Completely different. Stores. Yeah. And then the, you have the people <laughs> living on top of the store, which is also my bad for my dog, by the way. I don't know. She must hear something out there. Oh, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that, that was a real, a real weird thing. What's funny though is I'm the opposite. I was born in the Bronx. Uh -huh. didn't, live, didn't live there that long. I lived there maybe till I was like two or three. And then my mom moved down here. And I've pretty much been a South Florida kid since then. But um, yeah. I, I go and visit periodically to go see my cousin. And I, I was trying to catch a bed study show last time I was out there. And, um, you know, she just We're, didn't line up. Yeah, we don't, we don't play that often. Why it's not, like, man? Is it the style that you guys play is kind of hard to, to, to play out live? or or? No, it's not so much that. I think, that, well, there's a few different factors. Mm -hmm. One, we're all in our 30s now, early 30s. Like, you know what I'm saying? People have different, like, jobs, different, you know, moves they're trying to make. Dave just had a, a baby, yada, yada. Commitments. Um, yeah, every, yeah, people have commitments. That's one. Two, uh, well, it's because, like, of, like, our commitments, our prior commitments, we're not going to be able to tour that much. I, I hope someday. Who knows? But we're not going to be able to tour that much. So it means that all of our shows, like, for the most part, are going to happen, like, in our own community, which is, like, so we're not trying to oversaturate people with the same set. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of, like, planned our shows based on, like, something, like, some move we made. Oh, we just released an EP. We just put out a video. We just did this. We, we follow it up with the show. So that was like the game plan instead of just, you know, playing over and over again, because the, the turnout is better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, uh, you know, we blow up all of our social media and pay for the PR and all that kind of stuff, try and get a feature in paper magazine, video just dropped, yada, yada. And then it's just like the hype uh, as far as like going to the show is different for people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you get I totally feel that. Yeah, you just get like a, a better turnout, you know. And uh, when you speak uh, on, you know, oversaturating people with the same set, mm -hmm. I find I find um, even some of the people that I'm really cool with, man, it's like if I know that they're going to play the same set that I saw last weekend, it's like I'm less inclined to go to a show. I got to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, it's like why do it, you know? Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's kind of why I liked um, – the, the lineup that I had for a while, I don't, I don't have the same lineup I had originally. We had a, a consistent lineup for like a good three years where mm -hmm. we had maybe like um, three or four different sets, like A, B, C, and D sets that were like different mixes and matches because usually it was two different tunings. We're, we're complicated, man. Fucking, we had two guitarists, me. How many people? Drums. It was five. The, the, the most solid lineup we had was five. Mm -hmm. uh, the bassist was the singer. 
we had a keyboardist, me, and then two guitarists. So uh, at some point there was a key switch. The guitarists had to switch songs or switch guitars for the next song. So we'd have a lot where like, all right, well, let's play the C's with the D's. And then the next set, it'll be the D's with the B's or whatever. And okay. Mix and match set. So that way, every time that someone saw us, you weren't seeing the exact same set that you mm-hmm. saw. Even if we played two nights in a row, we would play A and B sets. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So, yeah. 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 Because that's I mean, a like, good point, man. You do get yeah, better just, turnout. Yeah. So it was just for the turnout, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, uh, and also like, I'm not, that crazy about the I, I like making the music more than playing it live i'm being really? that's just me that's me i, that's, I love that's making, the first time i've heard that i love making the music but like just the day of show is like it's such that's a long cool. it's a long day <laughs> yeah yeah because you're thinking about it from the moment you wake up till till the moment yeah. you're on stage right yeah even in your own city and like as a new york musician they're long days like you know what i'm saying I'm not going to drop, if I'm playing a show, if I'm headlining a show and I know I'm going to play at like nine, 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to work that day. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Same so, here, man. So my days will look something like, you know what I'm saying? Like one of the previous jobs that I had, you know, working from like seven thirty in the morning to like four thirty on my feet. Like then you, you rush, you know what I'm saying? First of all, I brought my gear to work at seven o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Fuck. Not, now I'm like rushing to like Brooklyn, wherever from Manhattan. You gotta like make the sound check, uh, get something to eat, get changed, and then you just sit. You just sit, and that part makes me crazy. Cause it's just like, waiting. yeah, it's like if you're, if you're gonna be the last person to play, you're the first person to sound check. So you're gonna be sound checking at five o'clock. You know what I'm saying? And then after you're done, now you're just waiting for the next two bands to sound check, and then you're waiting for them to play. And then you're going to play. And then after that, now you got to do like all the breakdown. Then you got to talk to everybody and you got to sit more. And then you got to bring all your gear back to wherever it needs to go. You know, it's just, it's a long day. It's a lot, man. No, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And, and like you said earlier, you probably didn't get paid. I, correct <laughs> and it, if you're dealing with someone particularly scummy you may or may not have to pay to get on the show you know and yeah. what they tell you is hey man here's here's 150 tickets yeah and if you sell them you're good and if you don't here's the bill yeah and uh yeah i i stopped dealing with those people a long time ago man promoters man we do our own shows we don't even touch we don't even talk to promoters and that's the biggest thing that i see here is um at first it was a really really big local promoter shout out to dj oski you know what i'm saying i got no problem with him he's been on the show a few times he gets a lot of flack because he is a, a popular local promoter but talking to him and being behind the scenes a little bit it kind of gives me a little more appreciation for the headache that they deal with on their end as well but at the I same can imagine. time yeah for sure everybody deals with headaches that that other people aren't aware of you know what i mean so I try and take everything with a grain of salt, you know, because you never know what somebody's dealing with. Uh, but we've had bands putting on their own shows more often, like um, the singer of a local band out here called Born Beneath. His name is Lou, and um, he's been putting on his own little lineups, like eight or nine bands, real, like, meat, like, cut, trim all the fat, fucking good protein, like, solid fucking lineup. <laughs> it's not, It's not 15 bands and 10 of them all sound the same, you know what I mean? And yeah. I can only speak for, like I said, I can only speak for my genre 
and, and metal, you know. Dude, metal and punk, man, y'all shows are crazy. <laughs> they, and if people come, if they don't, it's the worst, dude. You know how you can't headbang with the sound guy yeah. and the bartender, dude. That's true. <laughs> you can't have the, you can't deliver the same energy. And props yeah. to anybody who can put on a crazy show for nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, for yeah, me, totally. it's it's hard to get as involved when there's not a crowd there. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's supposed to be like a shared energy thing. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. And yeah. there's some moments, man, that I'll never forget on stage. And I guess that's why I like the live process more mm-hmm. than writing. Um, I guess more another thing too is specifically drums. They're just kind of meticulous. It's like play mm-hmm. to the click. You must play to the click. If you do not play to the click, there will be problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like in your case, you know, you can sing, you kind of have some freedom with your melodies, you know, guitar. There's a lot of notes to express. And not that you don't play with to a clicker. I mean, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Bed, bed study, uh, bed study shows are, are run off an Ableton session. For real? So you guys play with in-ears? Uh, the boys do. And I, I'm oh. the only person on stage with a monitor. That's so weird. You know, we were thinking about, because we're like more progressive metal and yeah. we have like a light show. And for the longest yeah. time we had uh, the same thing. Well, we actually had like a, a person manually with a DMX controller who knew all our songs uh. clicking in. So we, for a while we were six, we we're six people. Cause we brought our own light guy. I'm talking about smoke machine lights. Like we had our own setup. Like we were super legit, like about putting on a fucking show, you know? And for a while, he, he kind of had his own commitments, you know, as people do. And mm-hmm. uh, we're thinking about that, like, yo, what if we sync it up to an Ableton thing and we can actually link up all the lights to Ableton and run the light show through that? And mm-hmm. I, That's what we did. Yeah. Well, not, I, not what we did. That's what Dave did. Go ahead. All right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, We, we can definitely get into that, though, because we never did it because I was kind of like, as the drummer, like, I, I'm not opposed to playing with a clicker, but I feel like it the live feel is supposed to be a tad bit different than, than the studio feel. And so I just kind of felt like if I had to play with a clicker, first of all, if I fuck up, I mean, fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the light show mm-hmm. is off, then we're off, then it's kind of hard to get back on when you're trying to listen for a click instead of just being in the pocket and feeling it mm-hmm. and knowing where you are. So I was kind of against it, and we never did it. But you guys do it, and it seems like you have fun with it. So he, yeah. your, drum, your drummer pitched the idea? No, uh, Branson is the drummer. Dave, uh, if you see us play, like he'll pick up a bass sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw him but, uh, on the synths and bass. Yeah, he's yeah synth and bass. But for the most part, what he's doing is he's running the Ableton session that we're playing off of. Okay. So like our sets are like the songs are strung together in one Ableton session, and Dave is like. He's a, a programmer, but he's like meta. Like he makes programs for programmers. Mm-hmm. So he's like real sick with it. His wife too. Right. They 3D printed these like standing lightsabers, like four of them. Mm-hmm. And they they run through our, our Ableton uh, session. And so like we have like this light show, like these beams that'll be like one, two. And it's, it's pretty sick, like on stage. That's it's cool as fun. fuck, man. It's pretty fun. I actually never really get to participate. <laughs> like, I never know that they're going on. Yeah. But then I'll, like, I'll look back at, like, a video or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty pretty sick. But So it means that, like, I have, like, some freedom, but there's also, like, some constriction, too. Whereas, like, the vaudeville stuff, you know, like, I'm running and jumping, like, all over the place. Yeah. The bed study stuff, like, 
I got a lot of wires. It's like, technical. Yeah. We, we bring, it's only three people, with, but we're bringing like, we're pretty streamlined, but still it's, we have to, to fit on the stage. And especially like when you're playing with other people and the, there's all this backline going on at the, by the end of it, like with the lights and, and all the different gear, it's like, I'm pretty stationary. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty stationary you. and I'm just waiting for the, the day. It's never come. I got some wood, knock on wood. I've never fallen off a stage, but it's, it's tight. Oh man. I hope you yeah. don't. I hope you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was always kind of reluctant just cause um, especially the, the, the double kicks being precise, being so important. Yeah. And it's hard. like, honestly, dude, like I'm, I know me, I'm not going to play the same tempo every night. You know, I might speed mm-hmm. it up. I might slow it down some nights. It might just be on the vibe. You know what I mean? Or sometimes in the moment it's, it's cool to improvise and do some different shit, you know? And I kind of felt like it would be a little constrictive. And so I kind of pushed back on it. And, uh, yeah, since then, um, uh, keyboardist quit and then guitarist quit. And then we brought in a new guitarist, spend like two months getting them prepped everything's going fine. You know, it's kind of like that thing where that you didn't want to do, which is bring someone in and teach them your material. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But we did it. It was four of us and one of him. We're like, fuck it. So we did it. We brought him in. He plays the show. Did amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. oh man, it was sick. And like two days later, he's like, yeah, guys, I'm out. (laughs) Like, Yeah, we just, we just taught you everything. We get you, you do your first show, you love it. And then you're out. And it's like, I can appreciate it on the level of uh, his reasoning was, look, I mean, I just know that I'm not as dedicated as you guys and I'd rather nip it in the bud now than go any farther, but you could have nipped it a little sooner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like, think why so. Why even but... do this show, man? Yeah. Yeah. And it's That's sad, funny. man, because he was a really good fit and he was really talented and he got the material down like that, you know? So, um, it, it's a shame, but no hard feelings. You know, at the end of the day, he's still, he's still a cool guy and shit, but, um, yeah, it, it's hard when you, when you put time into it, and it seems like it's all going to go according to plan. And then someone just bails, you know, that's, I think that's probably mm-hmm. one of the hardest parts of being in a band. I don't know if you'll agree with me, but the fact that it is a collaborative effort and you're dependent on other people to pull their own weight, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But you uh, are dependent on mom. other people. Shout out to Peter's mom. <laughs> What's going on? Um, um, but yeah, the fact that like you could do a hundred percent, but if someone else is doing 50 or 10%, it might bring down the whole project you know yeah well bed study was a five piece um well it it started out just me and dave Mm -hmm. then uh we added my 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 good friend john paul and uh bullied ranson into moving up here and then we also added um another vocalist and um it was i don't think that anyone particularly didn't you know give it their all or anything but we just found after you know a few shows that it was just going to be better to streamline the process um yeah and there's nothing wrong with that you know what i mean and that, that's not taking anything away from those ex-members or nothing it's just you know what i'm saying it's yeah. just like you said you sometimes got to streamline it maybe you just thought it was um a better move but like for me um it's taken it's kind of taken those things to happen for me to realize that the three the three of us that have been the consistent members 
we've we've been the ones that are always there and, and we're kind of focused on that now and i think we're going to go in that direction and, and yeah it's, it's probably going to be, be trio the the first show that we played as a three-piece like at baby's all right i'm i'm not kidding you mm-hmm. like literally um made the decision hey you know it's it's uh it's a bit difficult for everyone to make it to to practice and yada 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 the sound check is taking a minute i really feel like we're going to move this different way. I had to, I had to have those conversations, which was hard for me. Um, and we practiced for this show at Baby's All Right. We, we play this show. And uh, a friend of ours, uh, Julie, what up, Julie, and invited, um, invited like some label people. And like that first show, like we played as a three piece, like it just felt better. It, you know, it worked a little bit better. And that's the one we got signed off of. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, so it was just like, that's funny. I'm sure it works. Yeah, it really is. So it kind of vindicated the decision for me. Um, not to say that like really cool, big bands aren't awesome, but I think for me, just at the level that we were operating at where it's like, look, the funds aren't that crazy. Like I can't, pay professional musicians to practice you know what i'm saying and like learn the material and show up and yada 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 like i don't have those resources you know saying let's try and do this as you know just the three of us and and see what happens you know what i'm saying like especially when you consider the fact that people are right now really impressed by like just one kid on stage like with a like an npc or not even an npc a laptop you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a culprit of that with ultra yeah like a, a lot of people are like are doing really well like you know songwriters too i'm not talking about like just fake djs but like songwriters like lolo zuai just like touring the world you know off the beat she made on her laptop and it's just the streamlineness of it it's just it makes the it makes the branding easy for people like your audience to just like get like, I get it. You're the, okay. You're Lolo. Got it. Boom. Or like, this is bed study. One, two, three. That's the lead singer. Got it. Okay, cool. Right, right, right. No, it's a good point, man. And uh, yeah, some of the tracks that we've like demoed out, you know, just ideas we get together and jam as a trio and we've put some ideas together and it's, it's been really refreshing dude, because mm-hmm. Uh, with the metal thing, um, I had just gotten kind of jaded with it. Like outside of playing shows and band practice, I don't ever really listen to metal like as much as I used yeah. to. Like I kind of overdid it in middle school every day. Like, nah, man, fuck rap, fuck all that other shit. I listen to metal. <laughs> That's what I listen to, you know. Yeah. And um, I did it a lot back then. And so now that I discovered a lot of other stuff, and like when you go to a show, you don't you don't play your set and leave. You know what I mean? It, it, as a general rule, I like to stick around for other bands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I already got to sit through my practice twice a week, my own set, you know, I'm there for it, you know, <laughs> I'm there. And then you got, you watch your two, three or four other friends bands. And by the end of the night, it's like, man, I heard 10 metal bands today. I'm kind of good for the next two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I just find myself going back to Tyler, Earl sweatshirt, yeah. the strokes, chiller stuff. Yeah. And, as a trio, it's easier to write shit like that than when you uh-huh. got a keyboardist and you got one dude who only listens to Iron Maiden and it's like, bruh, 
there's <laughs> other bands out there. You know what I mean? There's there's other genres out there, man. Like you don't have yeah. to be Dave Mustaine every song. You know? Yeah, and there are good guitarists in a lot of different genres. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, Anderson Pack told me that too. You know what I'm saying? Not that I didn't know that rap had dope dope drummers, but Anderson Pack just took it to another level for me personally, like realizing that. And so with this trio, I find it a little more um, uh, like freeing creatively. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel like, okay, I got to make this beat heavy or we got to yell some shit here. It's kind of like, man, I just. It doesn't feel as formulated, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. It's like, hey, let's just, I'm feeling like a funky vibe. Lay some funky shit down. All right, let's do it. And then we just do it, you know? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, man. And it kind of lit that fire again for me. And it's just like, it lit it at the worst fucking time because we can't play shows. We can't do it. We're just sitting here demoing stuff out. Like, oh, this will sound good. That'll sound good. And I like that process too. I've come to like that process more because I joined a band that was already kind of established. And so when I joined, they had, hey, we got this EP ready to go pretty much. Like, yeah, now you're part of the buildup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, I got to input my own flavor to it, you know. But mm-hmm. when a song is done, there's a general structure that needs to be maintained, you know. I didn't want to change everything up being the newest yeah. guy there and whatnot. Yeah. But over the years, I've gotten to write my own stuff. That We just did an album. Like I told you, we're sitting on an album right now that's ready to be mastered. That I, re- I recorded my drums for it in the studio. And... um. I wrote everything myself. I got to put some input um, as far as like guitars and shit that I don't play, you know, just like, Hey, I think yeah. this would sound cool, whatever. And they take my opinion to heart. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah. Like music has done so much for me just outside of even like playing shows and being in a band, meeting people. I wouldn't have met my bandmates. Um, I would have never met them. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, man, music has done so much for me, bro. Meeting you, in this podcast um, yeah totally <laughs> you know it, it, it's just it it gives me um blessings in ways that i can't even express shit that i probably don't even know you know yeah it, it's crazy like i totally agree like because i you, you're like maybe the second or third person to message me you know talking about stuff i did so long ago you know what i mean mm-hmm. this one dude uh messaged me like hey uh Hey Peter, like I've I've been a fan of yours, you know, for for ten years. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like that made me feel old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, my my uh, my brother and my mom, like we're having a joint birthday celebration for them, and I was wondering if you'd like to come out and play. And for whatever reason, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, let's do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm nobody. Like, I'll yeah. come out there. And uh, he's talking about it's out in Jersey. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, no problem. He's like, you know, I just like, you know, uh, I just got to figure out a way to get there and back. He's like, no worry, I'll send a car. This guy sent like a, like a escalator, something like the driver's wearing like a tux. <laughs> I'm, show, shit, I'm showing in the backseat. <laughs> <laughs> Living but, it up, dude. And I went. I went all the way to the Jersey shore, man. I was out there. I was like, my friends calling me, like checking on me, like, Hey man, you know, like, are they cool? Like, you're going to be okay. Are they safe? And then I showed up and it was just like this big happy family. And they're all like super chill. And the guy was really cool. And it was just kind of like this, this thing where just like, some dude out there likes your music and has liked what you've been doing for a long time and just wanted to like to meet you and this was an excuse to do it and that's like that's encouraging just like okay 
those are the things yeah those are the weird things that music provides that are just like all right yeah it makes me feel like somebody you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah man in in our little world yeah like we touch somebody you know yeah it's cool it's all good and we we keep up man i've been keeping up making sure his family's all right during all this see and that's that's maybe that i don't know maybe it's just you're such a genuine like nice person man but for some reason like meeting you that day like made such a huge impression on me like that's cool um yeah man it's it's hard to put we actually um rex gave me me and my cousin his number just being a cool dude whatever and you know i'm saying don't tell rex but we ended up prank calling him like two years later Uh, (laughs) (laughs) love it (laughs) i I forgot what man i i forgot what we prank called him with but that's funny that's a big bro (laughs) yeah we had no other reason to call the dude but we're like man he was so cool i would love to talk to that guy again it's like you want to prank call him it's like all right fuck it sure man all those guys (laughs) when they come to new york all those guys that were on not all of them yeah yeah yeah. but most that's that's an all-star team like those guys are so tight, man. Looking at back at the 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 studio sessions that y'all did, yeah, man. they're you guys an were team. so tight, bro. <laughs> yeah, like Rex, Rex, you know, for whoever is gonna end up listening, Rex was the drummer. Uh, he's Wyclef's drummer, and uh, for real, yeah, Geo, my brother Geo, the bassist, yeah. um, is Jay Balvin's bassist now. Yeah, that's fucking and, wild. Uh, and uh, Willie, who's funny enough, name is Willie Colon. Willie Colon, the guitarist. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He plays uh, uh, Luis Fonsi. That's his wow. guitarist. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. Every, so they all making guap. Those are my bros. That's. Uh, I don't so, know how. Much, I don't know if they're doing that good. I know Gio's. He's his sneaker collection has stepped up, but. Uh, yeah, but those are those are all my brothers. But they just like. When they're, have, they're an all-star team. When you have people that you know like that, that have connections around the business like that, um, do you kind of consciously not ask them for favors and stuff? Or do you kind of try and poke and prod and, hey, maybe I can get an opportunity here or there? No, I mean, like, it just, that would seem like goofy to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what, yeah. Like, like, what's the opportunity that I would be looking for? If anything, I just want to get back with those guys soon. And I, I've been sending them, like, me and Gio started a Dropbox folder. And we just, like, sharing music ideas because we got to follow up Bodville. That's that's my secret plan is there's going to be a, a, man. There's gonna be a, like, a little follow-up session. So I'm trying to track everybody down and, and make it happen that way. But I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, those Dude. Those those are my bros. Like they're gonna show up for me in, in like ways that your family would. I don't I don't need to like to ask for, you know. What, what am I, whatever. Yeah. What am I gonna do if I meet Luis Fonsi? Like. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just. I. You know. I these don't are speak questions Spanish, bro. Yeah. I don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really okay. worry about it. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny, man? Is um, I used to. I had. I illegally downloaded your view, your video for Suicide Girl, the studio okay. version off YouTube. And I had it on like this MP3 thing, MP4 video player type thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, the ending of that song is so hype, you know, mm-hmm. it starts off so chill and it just ends off <laughs> like crazy. Right. Yeah. And so I, I would show a few friends of mine that were like in the heavier music and I'm like, just wait till the end, bro. Just wait till yeah. the end, bro. 
you know and i remember just showing people that song and people being like oh man this dude's good like who the fuck is this guy you know like i'm telling you bro like when i when i hit you up i i i prayed that you didn't think that i was like blowing smoke you know what i mean because like no no (laughs) i was really into your shit man like i still i I listen to angel a lot what that song angel that song Mm -hmm. angel was that written about someone specific or do you kind of just write songs that are just this is a theme for a song. I'm gonna write a song. No, no, it was it was specific. I was by I didn't really like go to college, but around the age that I would have gone to college, mm-hmm. um, I was really uh, close to um, this uh, this girl named uh, Kirsten, and not not romantic romantically. It was like very much uh, platonic, but we we just got close really really fast. Uh, we had the same birthday uh we're both left-handed so we just like you know like well we have weird things in common like let's hang out all the time and we would just like goof around and like make music and stuff like that and then uh she just kind of like had to move away abruptly Mm -hmm. and her middle name is angel so it was kind of like just this response to my friend moving away really as it comes off like probably you know I'm, I'm sure I had a, like a, a little mini crush or whatever. Like a love song? I'm, yeah, it, it comes off probably more more of a love song than, That's how just, I like, than just like, yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? Because the love was there, but it's but it was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's like. Just human hard. to human? Yeah, totally. It's yeah, like man. someone, you know, like someone I really cared about. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, like had to leave, yeah. But her middle name is Angel, so I just like. See how I'm not creative like that, dude. But you yeah. could feel that that you cared about the person through the vibe of the song, and and when the drums come in at the end, and and you uh-huh. hear the, the harmonies, and uh huh, yeah, it, yeah, and those yeah. it all comes through the feeling. Yeah, those kind of songs, like that one, when I when I really like something, and I, I just jump on the phone and I call someone. I'm like, yo, I need to record this right now. I need to like make this happen right now. That was one of them. And uh, there's no drums on there. That's uh, I went to this to a practice space. Mm-hmm. And all of that is just me, like the what sounds like a hi hat or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I was wearing Tom's shoes, I think, th- threw some sand on the ground, and I'm just like doing the twist on beat, like. Wow, for real. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what is that thump then? Is that like that's synth me. bass? What no, that's 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 that me, like stomping on the ground, like using a stomp or a box or something. Yeah. Yo, that is so cool. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. The sound is so good. Yeah, and it, yeah, just like you recorded in or in Orlando. Uh huh. Yeah, we there we had this um this practice space that was really close to Full Sail that True Finangled somehow like sweet talked to the owner of this rehearsal space into like letting us turn it into kind of our office basically. Um, Shout out to True shit. Yeah, True True is a a magician and if I if I was my age this makes no sense but if i was like the age <laughs> up here uh-huh. that that i am now back then 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 we i would be talking to you from different circumstances because he he really hustled it and he had he had a vision i just wasn't mature enough yeah you know what man yeah uh, at the end of the day you're doing good things man um your music is fantastic you know what i'm saying you have a great voice um, thanks brother yeah man it, it's it's something that you clearly have a love for and it, it comes through in your art and um I, you just keep doing what you're doing man because like you Same. said 
you, you do it because you want to do it. And regardless of what comes of it, man, it, it, it really is good shit. And um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. For real, for real. Um, Peter, thank you so much for coming, man. Um, let's get some plugs anywhere that they can find your band, uh, any upcoming sure. shows you might have next year. And uh, <laughs> where people can find you on social media, all that, man. Let's get all those plugs in. Yeah, cool. Uh, so uh, my most recent project is Bed Study. That's one word, B-E-D-S-T-U-D-Y. And that's it on everything. Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Bed Study is the word. So please feel free to holler. And just know that myself personally, Peter Baldwin, I'm, I'm also going to do my best to release something in the near future. I can't give you a date on, on that, but what, I'm going to put in the work. That's if you my want val- my collab on That's it, my val- let me know. I'll, I'll, lay down, uh, I'll lay down something, man. I, got, some, I, I, I do falsettos too. You know some I mean? shakers, some tambourines, some falsetto. I, I can do that. I can do that. Word. <laughs> no, for real, for real. Like, uh, I would, uh, that, that would be sick as fuck. Just even if I did a little foot stomp on a box for you, man, that'd be cool. Yeah, man. I'll keep it in mind. Heck yeah. All right, for sure. Um, other than that, man, you guys know where to follow me on Instagram at the throne podcast with underscores. We're on Facebook. Yeah. Um, now, um, I moved host recently. So if you want to listen to the show, we're on Apple podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google podcasts, and we're going to be on YouTube from now on. So make sure y'all tune into that. Um, if you want to follow my band, it's you know you're the band on Instagram. Uh, we haven't done anything in a bit, but I just dropped the cover. Uh, it's on the Thrones page on Facebook. It's a Mac DeMarco cover. Check that shit out. It's just a little, you know, for fun, whatever. Cool, man. Um, again, yo, Peter, man, I can't thank you enough for coming. You're, you're my first remote guest, my first out-of-state guest. I'm happy to be that for you, man. I'm a little bit upset that I'm, I'm not on episode 100, but it's all good. <laughs> come back. <laughs> just come back, yeah. dude. We'll Word. have you on again. Um, Word. If you, uh, let me, let me get off the air, man. Thank you guys so much for listening and, uh, make sure you tune in next week when I interview somebody else. Peace. You can't settle down where you wanted. I chase you around but I'm haunted. I just can't seem to get down to earth with you. This trip that I'm on got me daunted This trip that I'm on got me daunted All of the bets I go like a fool I'm a Jason Evil Brown But I can't keep up with the movement I like the hell you're doing It's the thought of you got good time